Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9. Colossians 2 and verse 9. Get there in your Bibles. Get there quickly. If anyone's listening to the podcast on this, I hope that if you are not driving or something where you, you can get a Bible out and you can follow along in the Word of God. The Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The Word of God is why we're here. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9. For in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, expose, Lord God, the truth of this gospel verse, Lord, to our hearts today. Help us to understand it. Help us, Lord, reason with our hearts through the power of your Holy Spirit. And show us, Lord, show us who Christ is today. In Jesus' name, amen. Colossians 2, verse 9 again. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now, Paul here has just said, As ye have received therefore Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. And rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Then goes on there, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Now the purpose of this verse here is to establish, Paul, what Paul's trying to do here is to establish, but the Holy Ghost is trying to do through Paul, excuse me, this is not a letter from Paul to the Colossians, this is a letter from God to his church that he wrote through his penman Paul, as the Holy Spirit moved Paul, as Paul meditated on what to say to the local church at Colossae. So that little local bit of factual evidence of where it's from and everything does not change the fact that this is written by God for his church everywhere. <clears throat> for in him, he says, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. This little verse is a powerful verse. We're just going to start looking at some more Verses real quickly. I hope you have your Bible ready. Look at Colossians 1.19. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. For it pleased the Father that in him, that is in Christ, should all fullness dwell. Go to John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. It goes on, and it says down here, He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. 
which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word, capital W, Word, was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That glory was full in Him should all fullness dwell, for in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And it says that the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Go to John chapter 3. John chapter 3 and verse 34 says, For he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God, for God giveth not the Spirit, capital S, by measure unto him. The Father, capital F, loveth the Son, capital S, and hath given all things into his hand. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Did you notice here that we have all three of the Godhead who are one here? Verse 34, God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. Verse 35, the Father loveth the Son and hath given all things into his hand. Let's go on from there. We've seen the Trinity in that verse. The doctrine of the Trinity is a real Bible doctrine. It's all through the Bible. You have to be a liar or ignorant to not believe or to not agree that the Word of God teaches that God is three individual persons in one. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. John 10, verse 28. Starting in verse 27, Jesus is speaking. He says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. I and my Father are one. Go to John fourteen eight. And as you're going there, just consider for a minute, these Jews said immediately after that, they took up stones to stone him, and they said that thou, being a man, makest thyself God. The Jews knew full well what Jesus was claiming when he said, I and my Father are one. He had just said, my Father which gave them me is greater than all, and then he turns around and says, I and my Father is one. And the Jews took up stones to stone him. Go to John 14 and verse 8. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Oh God, we just need to get to the Father. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. So the very words of Jesus Christ are the words of the Father. If you don't believe the words of Christ, you don't believe the words of the Father because they are one. He says, believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Follow along here. 
If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments. Verse 16. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another, capital C, comforter, that he may abide with you forever. So here you have the Father making a promise that if you believe in the Son, God will give you the comforter, the Holy Spirit of God, that he may abide with you forever. And I'm not making up the title to the comforter. It's not my right to interpret the Bible. The Bible interprets itself. Look what Jesus Christ says in the very next verse after he says, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Verse 17 says, even the spirit of truth, capital S, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comforter comfortless. I will come to you. So Jesus said, I will send you another comforter. He says, my father shall give you another comforter if you believe in me with a capital C. He said that comforter is the spirit of truth and he will come to you. The father will send him to you. He says in verse 18, I will come unto you. Jesus and the Holy Ghost are one. Jesus and the Father are one. The Father and the Holy Ghost are one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. He says, yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me. Because I live, ye shall live also. Colossians says, In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The physical body of Jesus Christ within that body dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. These three are dwelling in Jesus Christ. In him dwelleth. All the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Verse 14 there of John 1 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. We beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus Christ in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. You cannot separate Jesus Christ from God the Father. You cannot separate Jesus Christ from the Holy Ghost. Although these are each individual persons, they are one. Not just one in mind or one in thought. They are one, just like the Bible says. Don't let some theologian beguile you. Don't be beguiled with enticing words. Don't be spoiled, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The Bible says in John 14, 20, At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father. And get this, And ye in me, and I in you. Colossians, 9, Colossians 1 says there in verse 10, And ye are complete in him. He says here, And at that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. And ye are, back to Colossians, And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Here in John 14, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. Now get this, and get this good. 
I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, pay close attention right here, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. And we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Hallelujah. So what Jesus Christ promised when he said the comforter, the father will send you another comforter. And then he said, I will come unto you. And then he said, if any man love me, we, my father, will love him and we will come unto him. In him, in Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And when a man is born again by the power of God, indwelt by the Holy Spirit, and he begins to follow God and keep his commandments, God Almighty living in the man, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost has come unto that man and is now living out the life of Christ through that man. Hallelujah. And ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. The head of all principality and power. If we can just get this. If we can just get this to get today. Go to John 17. Lord help me to get it today. Help us Lord. And now I am no more in the world. John 17 11. But these are in the world and I come to thee. Holy Father keep through thy, thine own name those whom thou hast given me that they may be one as we are one. This is proof, proof that you are in the Father, that He keeps you through His own name. The Father will love you and come unto you. Philippians 2. I'm sorry, John 17:5. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Jesus Christ in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus Christ, the same in the beginning, the Alpha, the, the Omega, the beginning and the end, He was with God, and He is God. Philippians 2.5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Go ahead and turn there. We'll read a few verses so you have time. Philippians 2.5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. When we read there in John 17 that he had glory with God before the world, 
Jesus Christ claimed something that if he was just a man would be absolute blasphemy. In the Old Testament, God said to the Jews, he says, I am God and there is no else. And he said, my glory will I share with no man. And yet Jesus Christ said to God the Father, Father, glorify me with the glory that I had with thee before the world began. I want to turn there and make sure I get that absolutely word perfect. I praise God I have a word perfect Bible. The King James Bible in English. It says in John 17 and verse 5. And now Father, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self. With the glory which I had with thee before the world was. And God says I am God alone. He says, my glory will I share with no man. And yet Jesus Christ claimed to have the glory of God. John 1 says that we beheld his glory even as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Colossians 1.15 says that Jesus Christ, go there quickly, is the image of the invisible God. The image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Now God said, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in the heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the waters under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers unto the children, Unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and that keep my commandments. And yet Jesus Christ here in the Bible is called the image, the image of the invisible God. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Here he's called the firstborn of every creature because 2,000 years ago in a manger, the creator, God Almighty, was born. It's a miracle we call the incarnation of God. He is the firstborn by birthright. He's the firstborn because he's the only begotten son of God. He's the firstborn in preeminence, though he existed before it all. Yet he is the firstborn. In him should all fullness dwell. Hallelujah. Verse 17 of Colossians says, And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. He is the creator, he is the sustainer, he is the judge, and he is the avenger. He is Jesus Christ, and he upholds all things by the word of his power. And he, Jesus Christ, will be the one to cause the elements to burn with a fervent heat when he burns up the heaven and earth in the final judgment. Verse 18, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in him, that and it dwells, and that means a permanent, a permanent state of residing, that in him should all fullness dwell. It's all about Christ. This Bible is all about Christ. This salvation is all about Christ. This is why verse 10 says, and ye are complete in him which is the head of of all principalities and powers. God's promises are all conditional. There's not one promise in the Bible that comes without conditions. But in Jesus Christ, we have the key to unlock the potential of every promise of God in the Bible. Turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 43 quickly. You can keep your place in Colossians. Isaiah 43 and verse 3. Isaiah 43 and verse 3. 
And I've just got to read a couple more verses. Let's start at verse 1. But now, thus saith the Lord that created thee. That's Jehovah God here in the Old Testament. And in your King James Bible, it gives you a capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D for Jehovah. And it says, but now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not. For I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Hallelujah. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. And get this and get it good. For I am the Lord. Capital L. Capital O. Capital R. Capital D. For I am the Lord. Thy God. The Holy One of Israel. Thy Savior with a capital S. The word Savior applied to the name Jehovah. God, Jehovah, Almighty God says, I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. And look at verse 11. He says, I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. He says, I am the only one. He says, look unto me. I am the only one. I am the Lord, thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. He says, I, even I alone, I, even I, am the Lord. And beside me there is no Savior. And again, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. I, even I, am the Lord. That's Jehovah. And beside me there is no Savior. Turn to Isaiah 45. Isaiah 45, verse 15. Verily, thou art a God that hidest thou thyself, O God of Israel, the Savior, with a capital S. Go to verse 21. Till ye and bring them near, yea, let them take counsel together. Who hath declared this from ancient times? Who hath told it from that time? Have not I, the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, have not I, the Lord, that's Jehovah God. He says, and there is no God else beside me, a just God and a Savior with a capital S. There is none beside me. Look unto me and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is none else. I have sworn by myself the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return. That unto me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear. Hallelujah. Go quickly to Luke chapter 1. We'll be back in the Old Testament in Isaiah in just a moment. Luke chapter 1 and verse 47. Luke chapter 1 and verse 47. I want to introduce you. I want to introduce you to someone here. And my spirit hath rejoiced, said Mary. We're getting up to this. In God, my Savior. Are you getting the picture today? Who is the Savior? The Savior, capital S, is God Almighty. It's Jehovah God Himself. And Mary said, And my spirit hath rejoiced in God, my Savior. Now go back to Isaiah 9. Go to Isaiah 9 and verse 6. Go quickly. For unto us... A child is born. Unto us a son is given. 
And the government shall be upon his shoulder. This little child that's going to be born. This son that's going to be given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. The Mighty God. The Everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. That little baby that's going to be born. That son that's going to be given. His name's going to be the Mighty God. The Everlasting Father. Go back to Luke chapter 2. I want to introduce you to this little baby. Here he is. And little Mary said, My heart doth rejoice in God my Savior. And then she went to Bethlehem. And there in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. She gave birth to a little child who her husband Mary had not fathered, who was put in her womb and conceived by the Holy Ghost of God. And here it says in Luke chapter 2 and verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, capital S, which is Christ the Lord, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. I'm telling you today, in Him, in Him should all the fullness dwell, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, and He is before all things, and for in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Laying in that little manger that day was Jehovah God, the Almighty the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, being held in little Mary's arms, just a normal woman. But that little baby was not a normal baby. He was the first begotten of the Father. He would be the firstborn from the dead. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 4 quickly. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Hallelujah to the Lamb. For therefore, in verse 10, for therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. Capital S, Savior. I'm telling you, if Jesus is not God, this whole Bible's a lie, but it's not a lie. Jesus is God. He's God in the flesh. In Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. For the Father gave not the Spirit by measure unto Him. Why? Because He's already one with the Spirit. Hallelujah. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 10. Oh, if I had a thousand tongues to sing, if I had a thousand throats to shout hoarse for Jesus Christ, I'd do it. Hallelujah to the Lamb. First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 10. But is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Hallelujah. Go to Titus just a few pages over. Titus chapter 1 and verse 3. Hallelujah. But hath, in due times, God hath, that is, look at the context, in due times manifested his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God, our Savior, of God, 
our Savior. He says, I, even I, am the Lord. That's Jehovah God. And beside me, there is no Savior. Paul says we've been taught, we've been told to preach. God's told us to preach. His word is manifested through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. I wish I had more voice to shout the praises of our Lord to Titus, mine own song after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. In Him should all fullness dwell. Go to Titus 2.10. Titus 2.10. He's talking about practical Christianity and he applies to it, not purloining, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. So God our Savior there in verse 3. And then he speaks immediately in verse chapter 2. Or in chapter 4 of Jesus Christ our Savior. Chapter 2 verse 10 of God our Savior. Chapter 2 verse 13. Looking for that blessed hope. And the glorious appearing of the great God. Without a comma here. Of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. That title is one title. Look at it in your Bible. Jesus said until heaven and earth pass. Not one jot or one tittle. One jot or in one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law. Till all be fulfilled. And here the fact that there's no comma there. Takes this from being a verse that could be possibly used. To say that God and Jesus are separate. And it makes them one. We know they're individual persons. But according to the word of God, these three are one. You see, I don't understand that. I don't know how Jesus can be God. And God talked to Jesus. And Jesus talked to God. And you know what I'm going to tell you? I don't know either. I don't understand it either. But I believe it. Because the Bible says it. Titus 3 verse 4. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared. Again, the capital S. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. 1 John 1, verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. Which was with the Father, it says, and was manifested unto us. Unto us, that which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. 1 John 5, 7. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. 1 John 5, 1 says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and whosoever believeth 
and everyone that beloved that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten by him. Second John in verse nine says, Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. First John five twenty. And we know the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding that we may know Him that is true. And we are in Him that is true, even in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Go to Luke 3. He says, I indeed baptize you with water. This is John the Baptist. In Luke three sixteen. John answered, saying unto them, all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. We looked at the oneness of Christ and the Father. We looked at the fact that the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost come to the believer. He said that if any man love me, he will keep my words. He talked about how that the Father will love him and we will come and make our abode with him. We will come. How that I will come unto him, said Jesus Christ. And we saw how that began to tie together, how that Jesus and the Holy Ghost are one, and the work of the Holy Ghost in the life of a believer is the work of Christ in the life of a believer. You cannot separate those two. Luke chapter 3 here, John the Baptist is preaching, and all men were musing in their hearts of John, whether he were the Christ or not. And John answered, saying unto them, All I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and will gather the wheat into his garner, but the chaff he will burn with fire, unquenchable. Now go to Luke 3.21. Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in thee I am well pleased. Now there's no other time in the Bible quite like this. Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And God Almighty's voice being audibly heard from heaven. Thou art my beloved Son, in thee I am well pleased. And the Holy Ghost of God descending in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. Here we have the Trinity. There are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. Now the Word is the name of Jesus Christ who is and who was and who always will be the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Jesus Christ, the man, the child that was born in the manger at Bethlehem was given the name and his name shall be called Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. That Jesus Christ is God who ever liveth, who ever lived before and always will live. That Jesus Christ got the name Jesus at the manger, but his name was the Word before he ever became a man. And now you have the Word of God standing as a man, the Son of God, 
and the heavens were opened and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him and a voice came from heaven which said thou art my beloved son in thee I am well pleased there is nothing else like this in the whole Bible there is no man in the history of the world that has ever had such a manifestation of God Almighty and such a proof and such an evidence that was done before men that he is God in the flesh. Now in Luke chapter 4, it says, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Verse 18, Jesus Christ came to Nazareth after his temptation by Satan. They gave him the book of the prophet Isaiah. In verse 17, And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again unto the minister and sat down and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is not this Job? Joseph's son, and he said unto them, Ye will surely say unto me this proverb, Physician, heal thyself. And he goes on there explaining to them who he is, that he is the prophet, the Messiah, the promised one, God in the flesh. They got so mad they wanted to throw him off the hill. But I want you to see here, in this passage in Luke, we want to see the mystery of the incarnation of Christ and the fact that God became a man. Think about it for a moment. God, who was the, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He laid down His robes of glory for the rags of poverty. He laid down His rod of iron to take up the carpenter's plane and to work with His hands to make a living and take care of His mother. He laid aside His foreknowledge, saying, The times, even these times, He says, Knoweth no man, yea, not the Son, but the Father. He laid down His words to speak only the words of the Father. The living Word spoke the very Word of the Father. Not His own words, but the Word of the Father. He laid down His creative power to to be made in the likeness of men. To be made a little lower than the angels. The God that made the angels was made a little lower than the angels. And took on him the form of a servant made in the likeness of man. He felt the heat of the sun. He felt the curse upon his body. He sweated. He worked. He bled. He suffered. He cut his hands. He probably smashed his thumb. But the Lord Jesus Christ, the word of God, the creator of the universe, universe became a man. Now the Bible says that Jesus Christ was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. But Jesus Christ, I want to tell you something today, Jesus Christ was not operating in all the power of the Godhead, though in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Jesus Christ had laid down His power and His authority that He could have had, and Christ functioned in the will of the Father by the power of the Holy Ghost. 
Jesus Christ did not minister until his baptism and until the Holy Ghost of God descended upon him in bodily shape. It is not that Jesus Christ did not have the Spirit because Jesus Christ is one with the Holy Ghost. It is that Jesus Christ was setting forth for us an example that we should follow in his steps. And Jesus Christ was showing us that as a man, he could do nothing without the power of the Spirit of God because he had laid down his omnipotent power, his all power. He laid down his omniscience, his ability to know everything, and he submitted himself to human limitations. He submitted himself to a time when he was the maker of time, the man, the God of all creation who had made time was now subject to time and had given them and given full submission to the Father for the times and the seasons. Christ was born and dwelt with the Holy Ghost very differently from you and I. Christ was filled with the Holy Ghost when he was sanctified for service. And the Holy Ghost of God anointed Christ to preach the gospel and came down upon him. John prophesied that Christ would baptize with the Holy Ghost. Now we are different from Christ in that we have a sin nature. Jesus Christ was born of the Virgin Mary so that the sin and the death of Adam would not be passed on to him. Christ was born with the nature of God because he is God in the flesh. Christ was born and dwelt with the Holy Ghost because he and the Holy Ghost are one. Christ was born in perfect communion and fellowship with the Father because Christ and the Father are one. Now we are born according to the scriptures, dead in trespasses and sins, aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, far from God, far from God, unable to please Him. But God spake of His only begotten Son, and He said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hallelujah. Now when we are born again by the Spirit of God, we are baptized by the Spirit of God, the Scripture says, into one body. This is the operation of regeneration. Now that just means this is how it's done. This is how God makes you born again. When you come to God in your sins and you say, Have mercy upon me, a sinner, with full faith in the finished work of Christ, plus nothing, minus nothing, adding nothing to God's word, taking away nothing from God's word, and put your faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God baptizes you into one body. The Holy Spirit of God is the agent of this great gift. It is the Spirit that baptizes us into one body. And this is the operation of regeneration. When we surrender to God as a born-again believer, the Holy Spirit of God has indwelt us. If any man have not the Spirit of God, he is none of his. But as a, as a newborn Christian, God begins to work on you. He begins to change you. He begins to take things out of your life and add things into your life to conform you into the image of His Son. And He brings us to the point of surrender to God. 
when we surrender fully to God, when we finally throw up the white flag of surrender, I surrender all, all to him I owe. And I give God my life. I give him my breath. I give him my hands. I give him my feet. And I turn it all over to God. And I say, God, you take the reins of my life. You show me where to go, what to do, what to say, how to dress, how to think. Lord God, what you say is right is right. What you say is wrong is wrong. I'm just your servant. I'm just your disciple. I'm going to follow you. God does another miracle. He consecrates us. He sets us apart as holy. Just like in the Old Testament when they would clean up that temple after a time of sin. And there were idols and there was filth and there was all kinds of junk in that temple or in the tabernacle. They'd clean that thing up and God would come down and fill it. You think of Solomon dedicating that temple and how they put that ark in the temple. A picture of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God. And then the glory of God filled the temple so that the priest could not even stand a minister. And this happens to the Christian when he surrenders to God. He gets filled with the Holy Ghost. What do you need to do to get filled with the Holy Ghost? You need to surrender. You need to lay down in dust life's glory dead that from the ground can rise new life from the, from the bloody ground at the foot of Calvary where all of your ambitions and all of your pride and all of your belongings and all of your hopes and all of your joys are now laid at the foot of the cross. Now Christ can raise something out of your life and he will fill you with the Shekinah glory of God. Hallelujah. Oh, God Almighty. This gets into Romans chapter 8. Now when we are anointed to preach, Jesus Christ does another operation upon us. Jesus Christ, John the Baptist said, Jesus Christ will baptize you with the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with power. Now this baptism of the Holy Ghost has had a whole lot of controversy and it doesn't need to. The problem is that we have assigned all kinds of external manifestations and external buzzwords and things to it to try and make it something it's not. Jesus Christ, when he read in the book of the prophet Esaias, gave us what it is. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, when the Holy Ghost of God gets in you at salvation. He starts to work right away on getting all over inside of you. And taking over every part of you. Bless his holy name. And when you surrender to the will of God and he fills you with his spirit, it's just the beginning. Because now he wants to use you for his glory. And he wants to use you to exalt the name of Jesus. So now God will take a man, take a woman, even a child in cases that has been indwelt, born again by the power of God. And filled with the Spirit by surrender to the will of God. And a seeking of the fullness of God's presence. Because in Him, in Jesus Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. 
And now Christ in me wants to get out of me and start ministering to you and start ministering to you and you and you and you and you and you and you. And the Lord God Almighty wants to live his life through me and through you. So Jesus Christ then has an operation. The Holy Spirit of God baptizes us by himself into the body of Jesus Christ. But Jesus Christ baptizes a believer in the Holy Ghost. Now that word baptism means nothing more and nothing less than to immerse, which is to submerge completely. And what God does when he baptizes a believer in the Holy Ghost is that he submerges them bodily in the Holy Ghost. Now you say you've gone too far. And I say, come along with me, it's great. Praise God, I've gone too far. Hallelujah. Because I know what it's like to try and minister in the energy and the power of my flesh. And I'm telling you, I never had nothing to give anybody. But when God the Holy Ghost came down one day and immersed me in his love and immersed me in his word and immersed me in his power, all of a sudden there was something on my life. And my greatest enemies, who were attacking me on every side, turned to me and said, The hand of God is on you. I don't agree with you. I don't like what you're saying. I don't like the direction you're going. I don't like anything about what's happened in your life. But I cannot deny the hand of God is upon you. That's what I'm talking about today. That's what I'm talking about today. That's not to my glory. If any man should glory, let him glory in Christ. In him should all the fullness dwell. You don't get the Holy Ghost without saving faith in Jesus Christ. You don't get full of the Holy Ghost without surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you don't get baptized with the Holy Ghost by anyone but Christ. Salvation is dying with Christ. Sanctification is being buried with Christ. And being filled with the Holy Ghost. And in a sense of being fit for service. Baptized with the Holy Spirit. Is a resurrection with Jesus Christ. It's the completion of the process. Now if you take a man and you dunk him down in the baptismal waters, and say you are buried with Christ, and you leave him down there in Romans chapter 7, like so many people do, and like I was for years, you know what's going to happen to that man down there under the water? Oh, glory, we're baptizing you with Christ. If you don't bring him up, he's going to die. He's got to come up or he's going to die. And I'm going to tell you something today. You've got to come up. From the burial with Christ. And you've got to come up in the anointing and the power of Christ. The baptism of the Holy Ghost encompasses the full work of the Holy Spirit of God. In the life of a believer. Now. You don't get baptized with the Holy Ghost by anyone but Christ. Jesus Christ said. A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. But there shall no sign be given it. But the sign of the prophet Jonas. For as Jonas was in the belly of the whale three days and three nights, so also shall the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth. And if I quoted that wrong, find it and let me know about it. I want to be right with the Bible. A wicked 
An adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. And he said, there's no sign going to be given it, but what? The resurrection of the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, from the dead. Do you hear me? The sign he would give them, the only sign he would give them was himself. That in Christ should all fullness dwell. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That in Christ should all fullness dwell. Stop looking for signs and wonders. It's Jesus who we need. Stop looking for miracles. It's Jesus Christ. Jesus is God. He became a man. He was born of a virgin. How many miracles do you got to have? He was born of a virgin. He lived a perfect, sinless life. It's a miracle, a miracle, a miracle. He died on the cross to save a dirty, rotten sinner like me. That's a miracle, a miracle of love and grace. They buried him in a new tomb no one had ever been in. Even in his death, he was clean. And on the third day, he rose from the grave. And it's a miracle. Stop looking for miracles and look to Jesus. Stop looking for experiences and look to Jesus. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Verse 7, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of man, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. All you need is Jesus Christ. In him all fullness dwells, and ye are complete in